All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 68. Before I dive into today's show, I wanted to wish everyone a happy holiday. I hope you're safe and spending a lot of time with friends and family. As always, if you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's really going to help grow the show, and it's always much appreciated. So today is Christmas Eve. (laughs) I had a lot of time spent with family today. It was fantastic. I hope you're all, again, having a happy and safe holiday this Christmas season. So I went to the store this morning with my son for some last-minute shopping. And while I was there, I came across some chocolate-covered cherries. I immediately purchased them. I always eat chocolate-covered cherries every Christmas. Not because I necessarily love them, but because they make me think of my grandpa Tippets. Growing up, we'd go to my grandma and grandpa's house around Christmas for soup or dinner of some sort, and a white elephant gift exchange. It was our family Christmas party that we would have every year. As you probably know, kids don't always understand how white elephant exchange works. They don't understand that they might end up with something that they don't necessarily like or even want. One Christmas when I was around 10 years old, this happened to me. I ended up with a present. I can't remember what it was now, but I know I didn't like it, and I was bummed out. I was probably making a really big deal about it. My grandpa called me over and offered to trade his chocolate-covered cherries that he had received for the gift that I had received that I desperately wanted to get rid of. We then enjoyed a special moment of eating chocolate-covered cherries together. Now, my grandpa was a great man, and this is just, it was typical of my grandpa, always looking for a way to serve or help someone. And uh, and that Christmas, he gave me a memory that I've cherished throughout my life. And now that he is gone, all I'm left with are memories like these. I love this time of year for the many memories that pop up in surprising ways. I have great memories growing up of making gingerbread houses. I remember being nice and warm inside while the snow was falling outside. Our gingerbread houses were made from graham crackers instead of gingerbread. My siblings and I had a blast I think more candy ended up in our mouths than on the houses themselves. It was so much fun. Gingerbread houses are everywhere this time of year. Have you ever stopped and wondered why? Where do gingerbread houses come from? What's the story there? There's a fascinating medieval Christian legend that I came across as I was researching this that expands the account of the birth of Jesus. And it also sheds some light on how gingerbread houses relate to Christmas. In this legend, there were four wise men instead of the traditional three. 
that set out to visit the baby Jesus. However, one of these wise men got sick along the way and ended up in a city in Syria. A local rabbi watched over and cared for him during his illness. The rabbi told him of the prophecies that foretold a great king who was to come to the Jews. The prophecy stated that he would be born in Bethlehem. And in Hebrew, Bethlehem means house of bread. This rabbi had a custom with his young students of making houses of bread to eat over time and to remember these prophecies and the Messiah that was to come. When it came time for the wise man to leave, he left his kingly treasure with the rabbi. You might be wondering what this treasure consisted of. Ginger root. (laughs) The wise men suggested that the rabbi grind up the ginger root and mix it in with his bread. In a very literal sense, the gingerbread house was born. Now, I have to remind you, this was a legend and not a historical record. However, I thought it was a great story that had to be told when discussing the history of gingerbread houses. And this story came from a Greek document from the 8th century, and it's presumed it was Irish in origin and translated into Latin. So it, it has been around <laughs> for a long time. And I love the story just because it kind of relates to Christmas and ties gingerbread houses into Christmas, which I think is interesting. Gingerbread as we know it today came to Europe in the 11th century. Crusaders returning from war brought back ginger and other spices, and it didn't take long for these exotic spices to find their way into bread. Monks in Franconia, Germany, were recorded as shaping gingerbread into various shapes in the 13th century, and this practice caught on and spread through Germany and into Europe at large. Special bakers were tasked with baking gingerbread. They held a special place in various bakers' guilds in society at the time. In the 17th century, only professional bakers were allowed to bake gingerbread, except for Christmas and Easter. During these holidays, anyone was allowed to bake gingerbread. Before we had gingerbread houses, gingerbread took a variety of shapes. These weren't your mother's gingerbread men. These were elaborate works of art. And really, seriously, take some time and go look at these on Google. It's incredible. They were painstakingly detailed. Hearts, stars, soldiers, babies, trumpets, animals were just a few of the shapes that made their way to these specialized gingerbread shops. On a side note, I also don't know how they were able to enforce who was or wasn't able or allowed to bake gingerbread. You'd think that would be hard to uh, enforce. Gingerbread houses made their appearance in Germany in the early 1800s. Historians are split on how gingerbread houses came to be. It's kind of a chicken and the egg type of a scenario. Some historians believe that gingerbread houses were inspired by the Grimm brothers' tale of Hansel and Gretel. And that after the story was published, German bakers started making detailed gingerbread fairy tale houses, similar to what they had read in the story. 
other historians believe that the Grimm brothers were speaking about something that already existed in uh, the time when they wrote the book and when they wrote the story. So it, it's not clear who's right. <laughs> Long story short, and I think the consensus is uh, that the Grimm brothers made gingerbread houses a very popular thing. Regardless of the origin, gingerbread houses became very popular during Christmas. This tradition spread from Germany to America with the Pennsylvanian German immigrants. That brings us to where we are at today. Constructing gingerbread houses has become a major tradition for many families throughout the world. What is the craziest gingerbread house you've ever seen? If you have a few minutes, again, you can spend some time on Google looking at this. There is a gingerbread house that was made in 2013 in Texas, and it holds the Guinness Book of World Records for being the largest gingerbread house. This thing is large enough to house a family of five. It's life-size, a real house made out of gingerbread. It's incredible. There's also a town in Norway that builds a whole gingerbread village every year. It's incredible, the traditions that surround gingerbread that have been embraced. It seems to be Germany and Sweden and Norway and America that have really deeply embraced it, but other countries have as well. Again, if you have some time, get on Google and look at these different gingerbread houses that are uh, being done that people are creating. They have castles, they have your standard house that you've seen growing up. It's, it's incredible. It's crazy what some people are able to do with a little gingerbread and a lot of imagination. Well, that's all I have for today. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave a review and tell a friend. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, uh, and a Happy New Year. You can find more recipes as well as show notes at ToastyKettle.com. You can also subscribe to my newsletter there and, uh, and never miss a show or recipe when we post them. Again, have a happy and safe holiday. Until next week. Mm-hmm.